Man, it is great to see you guys in worship together this morning. It's awesome to be in God's presence. Uh, it's awesome to be in his house. It's even better to actually be his house and know that we have his presence living inside of us. And uh, welcome to summer. Holy cow. It's been a long time coming, but I'm excited that it's here. And uh, to start off the summer, I don't know, this, this might be a, a strange series to start off a summertime excitement with, but uh, I was going to start a series today called Inferno and talking about the destructive power of anger. Happy summer. There you go. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because summertime it gets hot and people get a lot more hot about it. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, even some of the summer nights that we've been having and the spring nights, everybody enjoys a nice fire, right? That's my favorite part of camping. I'm, I'm not into the tents and sleeping outside and doing all that, but I love sitting around the campfire and just talking with people. But have you ever been around a fire when it gets out of control? That's a whole different thing. And uh, at the house we used to live at, go ahead to the next slide, please, Kelvin. Uh, we had these decorative grasses growing around the house. Does anybody else have those around their house? And at the end of the summer, they, they are all nice. They cover things. They're nice and green. And then over the winter, they die off and they get really dry. And it's a pain in the butt to cut them back with shears in the yard. Do you know what's much faster? Yes burning them is the answer to that question. In fact, it's so fast that it goes from zero to 60 like that. And, uh, and I was doing this one time outside of our house and I, I was like, oh, this is going to be quicker. I'll get rid of it. And I lit the grass and seriously, from the place that you put the flame until the entire grass pile is engulfed is literally like a couple seconds. And I was like, I was standing there thinking, I should squirt some water on the house. Um, I, should, I should make sure this doesn't, this doesn't spread any further because what happens if we're not careful, the fire gets out of control and it damages everything around it. And that year, let's just say I had some plants and some bushes that I wanted them to grow, but the whole summer they were dead and, and charred and wilted because the grass got so hot when it burned. And that's kind of like what happens with anger. If we're not careful, anger gets out of control very quickly. And it begins to damage everybody around us. And sometimes that damage is irreversible. And we, we have to clean it up and we're trying to work on it. And as I was thinking about anger, uh, I am almost ashamed to say that I had so many great examples from my own life <laughs> that I could share that I had to really work on narrowing it down to just a couple. And this will tell you about my, my lifelong battle with, with anger, what's been going on. I remember when I was young. My mother, who loves me dearly, and my dad, I would get some swats sometimes if I was acting out of line. This was, they weren't abusing me. This was just I got a couple spankings, and I was good to go, and I think I turned out all right. But my mom, she had this spatula <laughs> that was a nice, like, I don't know, it was just very aerodynamic or what, but I would get it with the spatula a couple times. And I remember for some reason... Mom wasn't around at the time, and the spatula was sitting there in the kitchen. And I remember grabbing that spatula, and I'm staring at the spatula, and I'm angry. Like, you stupid spatula, I hate you. Come on, I wasn't angry at Mom. Like, I don't, I don't know how anger works all the time, but I was mad at that spatula. And I'm holding, I'm like, you stupid spatula, I hate you. And all of a sudden, crack! And it broke right in half in two pieces in my hand, and I was 
terrified. Because what do you do about this now? So I don't even know how old I was. Single digits somewhere. But I was not the mental giant I see before you see before me right now. And I, I thought it would be a great idea. I'll hide the pieces of the spatula in my sock drawer. Because my mother, who is a young child, she still did my laundry and folded and put away my clothes. She'll never see it in there. And so needless to say, that wasn't very smart, but I was angry, and I took it out, and I did something that was irreversible. There was no super glue in the spatula back together. And I'd like to say I overcame anger in my life, and I'm, I don't deal with that anymore. But 40, 40 years, some years later, four decades later, I got angry this week. Anybody else have that issue? And here's what happened to me. I was on a riding mower this week, which I love to cut grass. There's, you, you might think it's strange. I just love how it looks when you're done. I love the activity of doing it. And I'm on this riding mower this week, and I'm, I'm driving under a tree and trying to be very careful at looking where the mower deck was and not see it. And if you can't see it, like right here on the top of my head, there are a couple long red gashes. I was wearing a hat. And that still happened. And I drove under this tree, and it hurt like crazy. And do you know what I did four decades later? Stupid tree. Like, <laughs> And anger feeds itself because the day didn't get any better. I got the mower stuck because it was so wet, and there was mud happening. And I had to have some help to actually get the mower out of where it was stuck. Stupid mower. <laughs> Come on, you see where this is going. And, and you get in this downward spiral where you just start getting angry about everything. And I was so mad. And I put the mower away and I'm walking down this hill to go back to my car. And, and I landed on my arm and it, I couldn't feel it for about 30 seconds. I was like, ah! I got mad at myself. How could you be so stupid? Like, come on, there, there was real stuff happening in my life at that moment, and I got angry about all those things, and it, I was even angry at myself for being so careless that I would hit my head and get the mower stuck. And it's not just me. Everyone gets angry at some point. Come on, the word to our church this year was everyone. Everyone can pray. Everyone's going to have an opportunity to grow. Everyone can serve somewhere. And I thought, man, everyone deals with anger. It is a very real emotion that we experience. Maybe, maybe we've even gotten so angry, we've said some words that we would never say in church to anybody. That we, <laughs> I was going to ask for a show of hands, but maybe not. Just keep that to yourself. But... Come on, we're real people. We live in a real world and stuff happens and we get angry, we get upset about things. In fact, I feel like we live in a society that seems like is angry all the time. There's, there's just something simmering in the undercurrent right now. Did you know there, there's an aggravated assault every 48 seconds in the United States? Road rage accounted for 1,500 deaths in the U.S. last year. Come on, these are stats that you wouldn't even think they had to keep years ago. But that's how angry people have become. If you have social media, you don't have to scroll through social media for more than two minutes before you realize there's a lot of angry people out there right now. And we've been called to do something about it. I, I will tell you, if you're, if you're dealing with anger or any emotion, it's, it makes you human. 
Their emotions are something that we have because we were created in the image of God. They are just flags in our life that say, hey, there's something going on over here that you need to pay attention to. Or more realistically, emotions are, hey, there's an opportunity to grow right here in this moment. And <laughs> oh, man. I asked them at the baseball game yesterday. I said, could we get people to cheer for me like that during service? And apparently they took me up on it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, if I was angry right now, I would be really upset about that. But, but I'm not. That was funny. Thank you for that. We have to deal with our anger, though, because it it's affects everybody. It's all around us. And I saw this list this week. This is not a scientific survey, but think about what makes you angry. I get so mad about that. And I saw they had asked a bunch of people, what makes you angry? And, and I just want to share some things that were on the list. This isn't in any particular order, but what I would like us to do, I, I don't think it would be entirely appropriate to amen any of these points. Like, that makes those people that do stupid things, you're like, amen. Like, like, don't do that. But if something on this list resonates with you, I want you to make your best groan or your angry voice. Can everybody at least go, like, if, if something on this list resonates with you, that it's ever affected you, made you upset, do that with me when I tell you this list. So here's, here's what they were. Being blamed for something you didn't do. That, that came up a lot on the list is it makes people angry. They get so upset about it. How about this one? When people invade your personal space. This is like Seinfeld in The Close Talker. You ever see that episode? Like he comes right up to you, gets in your space to talk to you, and you're trying to move away, and he's following you to talk to you. Come on, these things make people angry, and they get upset about it. How about this, being hungry? Or in our family, we call it being hangry. Because you can tell when the people in our family haven't eaten for a while because we get really snippy and short with each other. Oh. And that invariably leads to something that irritates and makes me upset is people who chew too loudly. Because I get upset and angry and I want to eat and then I go eat and there's somebody sitting next to me going... And I'm like, how's that burger? Is that good? You got lips, don't you? Come on. I didn't break the spatula, but it's still a real struggle for me. Like every single day, Lord Jesus, help me with this. How How about this one? People who cut in line. Anybody ever get angry at that? Oh, man, you... I, I hate to say this because this was a very real thing that just happened. We were at Bridgeville Day on the Avenue last Saturday and we were doing face painting for the kids and I was around talking to people and trying to be helpful, which I find is not always in my wheelhouse. And this guy with two little kids comes up to me and he's like, where's the line? Like, how's the line for face painting work? Do, is it just first come, first serve? I'm like, yeah, yeah, first come, first serve. Just stand here and when somebody's done, like, you know, they'll take you, you'll be next. And while he's standing there, I turned around for two seconds to talk to somebody else, and he's, he's elbowing me. He's like, hey, they just sat down. They just walked up and sat down. My kids were next. He got so mad, he put his kids back in the stroller and says, we'll, we'll get our face painted later. And he stormed off because somebody cut in line. And I felt terrible because 
I was not completely aware of how the line worked for the face painting and helping this guy. But it's one of those things, like you wouldn't think it, but people cutting in front of you in line makes people angry. And he really got upset about it. How about this one, the weather? There are things that make us angry that don't have anything to do with other people's choices or our own. They're just stuff that happens that people get upset about. I had a picnic planned this afternoon for six months in advance. We paid $175 to rent that pavilion at the park. And it rained. Come on. The weather even makes people angry. They get upset about those things. How about this? This may be very much a first world problem, but it was on the list of what makes you angry. Headphones that are tangled every single time you take them out to use them. Come on, that made the list. I wanted to listen to, to my music, and I try to pull out my headphones, and they're always like tangled, and they won't just shake out. Come on, we may think some of these things are trivial, we may think they're huge, but anger is a real issue because it happens all the time. Here's, here's one, when you stub your toe or hit your funny bone. Come on, funny bone is funny to everybody else but you. And it makes you angry, like, <laughs> There are very real things on this list. How about this one? This is just a general one. Spouses, friends, and coworkers. Nobody's wanting to agree with that one, but that's very real. Your, your co-workers that you're just like, if I had my way, they would, they get fired. They might not just get fired. They might get frog-marched out the door and executed or something. Like, I don't know. But, and then spouses, we don't want to admit that we get upset at our spouses, but we do. You go to somebody's house and you're like, that's a really interesting place that you picked to hang that picture on the wall. And then you find out, well, it's covering up the big hole when we got in an argument and threw the the remote and it wedged into the wall. Come on, we don't want to admit it, but the people that we're closest to often make us the most upset. And we really have to deal with our anger because you talk about a damaging fire that gets out of control quickly is when you get angry at the people you're closest with, it makes a mess. How about this being on hold on the phone for more than five minutes? Only five. Yeah, five's a lot. Come on. Ain't, nobody obviously has ever called the cable company. How long is that? You're on hold all day. Like, it's bad enough they give you the six-hour window when you have to be home to come get the cable installed, but that's after you've been on hold for an hour and a half. Come on. These things are real. People get angry. How about reading or talking about politics? Uh, yeah, that's... I'm not even going to go there this morning. Uh, here was another thing on the list, dishonesty or people who use or bully other people. It makes people mad. There's anger that happens. And this was the last one that, that I had on this list, but it really hit home for me, so I had to put it on the list. Bad drivers. And I found out bad drivers is defined by whoever doesn't drive the way you want them to at that moment. That's what makes them a bad driver. I'm like, I know the speed limit is 35, but I'm late. It's not their fault. We just think they're a bad driver because we're in a hurry. But it was on the list. Talk about the road rage and the things that happen. People get angry. It, It might make you angry that people get angry over the stupid things on this list. 
I, I don't know what it does for you, but if, and if you're thinking, oh, none of those things made me angry, all we would have to do is make the list a little bit longer till we hit something because everybody deals with anger. And if we don't handle anger well, it can be like throwing gas on that fire that's out of control. And instead of putting the fire out, it makes it worse and it destroys everything. The effects of fire are long-lasting. They're hard to clean up. My son-in-law discovered the burning of the grasses being the quick way to get rid of things. And he told me this year, he says, you know what, though? I should have left the cover on our pool before I burned the grasses and all the soot and the ash just went everywhere and got in the pool and all over everything. It's hard to clean up the effects of fire. And sometimes it really is irreversible. That log that was on fire is no longer there. You can't fix it. You can't clean it. It's just gone. And anger works the same way as fire a lot of times. Hard to clean up. Long-lasting and sometimes irreversible. And that's why God wants us to deal with it. And you may be thinking, what's the big deal? I only get upset occasionally, or it's just kind of my personality and how it is. Well, here's a verse for you this morning. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it says this, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, And then we want to skip that one. But it's outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. This is one of the bad lists that we see in the New Testament. Paul put them in there a few times. And we always read those verses and we're like, oh, thank God I don't do any of those things. Or or we point at the people that are on the list that we think are the worst. Those perverts. Those drunks. Like, we talk about that all the time, but right there on the list, come on, in the middle of witchcraft, in the middle of hatred, and all these different things, outbursts of anger. Oh, and every time I read that verse, I think, oh, I wish that one wasn't in there, but it is. And right up there with all those other things, sexual sins, other gods, witchcraft, is outbursts of anger. Oh, snap. What do, what do I do with that? Come on, because the things on that list, they are damaging to ourselves and others around us. They foul up our relationship with God. They mess up our relationship with people. And God wants to get them out of our lives. And what's interesting about anger is that those outbursts, that's what's the problem in that list in Galatians 5. The problem is not the anger, because if we're very truthful and honest about it, anger is an emotion. And because it's an emotion, that means it came from God. How we handle it is what makes it sinful or not. And it's the outbursts of anger that get us in trouble. I think that the anger, that's just a normal emotion that people feel, but it is a test. How am I going to handle it? How am I going to respond to it? And even Jesus, come on, because we think about, well, we just shouldn't get angry and we'll try to be like Spock, be a Vulcan and never have emotions or show any emotion. And even Jesus, he was full of emotion. In, in Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, it says he looked around at them in anger. Come on, he's having this discussion with the Pharisees. There's a guy with a shriveled hand, and he's asking them, is it okay to heal this guy on the Sabbath? And the Pharisees are like, the law says no, and we would never do that. And I'm so holy, I would never think of healing that guy on the Sabbath. Is that messed up? Does anybody else think that's messed up? 
Jesus thought it was so messed up, it says he got angry at them while he was looking at them for them saying, that guy's not worth being healed today because our rules are more important than that guy's life. And we know that Jesus was without sin. And it says he got angry. And I love this because it says he was deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Come on. It boggles my mind because we would never think about praying for somebody like that in church. You know, Steve does the training for the ministry team and the people that pray for others. And we're, we're always like, oh, tell us where the pain is. And we want to pray for you right now. Can you picture Jesus getting so vexed at those guys that he turns around to the man with the shriveled hand? He says, stretch out your hand. And we're like, I can't imagine praying that way. God would never hear that prayer. That was angry. And Jesus, stretch out your hand. And the guy stretches his hand out and he's healed. If your anger causes you to do godly things, then I think you're handling it the right way. There was something about the injustice of that situation and the devaluing of that man's life that made Jesus angry. And he said, instead of being angry in in an ungodly way, I am going to manifest the kingdom. I am going to get angry at that injustice and heal that guy so that people can give glory to my father. Come on, that wasn't the only time. I, I think you could make a case Jesus was probably pretty upset when he put the whip together and drove the money changers out of the temple. Come on, he, he experienced those emotions, yet he was without sin. And if it brings help and freedom to other people, then we've handled our anger in a godly way. But too many times, I think we don't handle our anger in a godly way. It becomes unhealthy anger and we take it out on the people around us especially with the people we're closest to. When it comes down to how we handle our anger and how we let it affect the people around us, I think God is more interested in us being firefighters than fire starters. That's what we're after today. And that's, Christina drew that great picture on the chalkboard out in the foyer. He wants us to be firefighters that put those flames out instead of pouring more gas on the situation. Instead of being fire starters, he wants us to be peacemakers. He wants us to be reconcilers. He wants us to be restorers. He wants us to be the ones with the soft answer that turns away the wrath. That's what he's called our lives to be. In Proverbs 29, 11, it says, A fool gives full vent to his anger but a wise man keeps himself under control. As Christians who have the Holy Spirit living in us, who one of his jobs is developing the fruit of self-control in our lives, God expects that we're able to do something about the anger we're feeling. The wise man keeps himself under control. Paul writes about it this way. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, he says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Come on, what's that look like? When anger controls us, that's when we lash out. That's when we start to argue with our spouse. That's when we yell at our kids. That's when we punch the wall. That's anger controlling us. And Paul says, don't. Don't do that. He's implying, as a believer, you have a choice. Don't give in to that. Don't let anger control you. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And when it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, how many of us have ever said, man, it's summer. I can be mad at you till 9 o'clock. I want to get angry in the wintertime because I got to get rid of that before the sun goes down. But this is great. I'm going to be mad all day. 
that's not what he meant. He wasn't saying be a clock watcher and sit there and stew and be angry until it's time, okay, I can deal with it now. He was saying deal with it immediately. Don't let this, like, the Holy Spirit's always interested in today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to deal with the junk in our lives. He wants us to do something about it immediately. He's not saying, oh, here's a time frame that you can be angry until. He wants us to deal with it. And he's also saying we have to deal with it. Don't stuff it or just ignore it. Because that's when bitterness begins to grow in our lives. If we don't deal with our anger in a healthy way, we begin to fashion resentment and bitterness in our hearts until we can't even stand to be around some people. And Paul's saying that's not the way Christians operate because when we let anger in the door, it actually opens a door for the devil to have a foothold in our lives. Man, out of all the things we could do, you know, the devil's trying to tempt us and to do these different things and I'm trying to trip him up, but I can't get a hold on his life. Oh, but as soon as he got mad at that person, I had a foothold to get in and start to wreak havoc in their life. Don't let the devil have a foothold. So if we have a choice in the matter, what should we do to deal with our anger? That's what I wanted to get all the way here to talk about this week. We're going to say, what do we do when we get angry? And next week, we're going to talk about what do we do when people get angry at us? So here's what we do. When people, when we get angry ourselves, what should we do when we feel that emotion and we want to lash out? The first thing, I'm only going to give you two things and we're going to do them quickly. The first thing is identify the source of the flame. What made me angry? We need, we need to ask God, help me see it. It may, be, it may be different for different people, but here's a common thread for what usually makes us angry, and it's found in the first story in the Bible that anger pops up. And there, there were these two sons of Adam and Eve. One was named Cain and one was named Abel. How many remember this story? And they were bringing a sacrifice to the Lord. And Abel said, oh... I'm a shepherd and I'm going to get the best of my flock and I'm going to come and offer this lamb to the Lord. And Cain said, I'm going to grab some vegetables. And I really thought, does that mean God hates vegetarianism? But I don't think that was the point he was making in the story. Cain grabs some vegetables and they come and they both offer their sacrifice to God. And it says God smiled upon Abel's sacrifice, but Cain's he didn't accept. And this is what it says. This was the reaction in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, so Cain became very angry and was disappointed. And we know from the story that anger actually led to the first murder that's recorded in history. He got Abel out in the field when they were alone together and he killed him because he was so angry. And come on, it wasn't Abel. Like God was the one that said, your sacrifice is unacceptable, Cain. Just like the spatula. You know, I don't know why I was angry at something else besides my parents disciplining me. I got angry at something different. Cain could have had it out with God and said, God, why didn't you accept my sacrifice? And I'm upset. But instead, he looks at his brother says, oh, he liked you better. And he ends up killing him. Oh, God, help us. Talk about irreversible fire damage. He killed him. There's no getting that life back. And this is what it boils down to. Anger often boils down to not getting what we want. Not having things go our way. Not having the outcome that we desired in a situation. And we don't realize it, but really when we're looking for the source of the flame, what made me angry, it usually ties back to that. Where did something happen that I didn't get what I wanted? I didn't get my way. Somebody did something that went against what I was looking for. And that made me mad. And I began to feed it. Ask 
We need to ask ourselves and ask God, if you're having a hard time seeing it, ask God to help you say, Lord, where did I not get my way? Where's the root of this? What happened in my life that made me so upset that I'm lashing out at everybody, that I'm having these outbursts of anger? Because I don't want to give the devil a foothold. I don't want to live after the flesh. I want to be a man, a wise man, who is in control of my anger. And if we ask him, he's faithful to show us. And once you know what the source of the flame is, you can douse the fire. That's, that's the other piece that we need to do. And I would love to tell you that there is a one-size-fits-all answer for dealing with anger. But there isn't. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be awesome if there was just a checklist? I went to church this morning, and I got a three-step checklist of how I could get anger out of my life forever. It's different for everybody. If there is a specific person that makes you angry all the time. Here are some examples. I think if that person makes you angry all the time, I think you should start praying for their well-being. Next thing you know, you begin to develop a love for that person instead of being angry at them all the time. Like really, there, there are people that make us so angry, we, we wouldn't shed a tear if they got hit by a bus. Come on, there are people that feel that way. But when you start to pray for that person, God, I want you to bless them. I want them to prosper in the things they do. I want their relationships to be healthy. There's something about praying for somebody that is hard to be angry at somebody you're praying for. Come on, it's just one example. You know, ask, maybe you need to ask God, give me more contentment, Lord. Let, let me develop a contentment in my heart for the things I have and not be always looking at the things I don't have. Ask God to help you see people the way he sees them. Maybe you need to apologize to someone. Maybe you need to forgive someone. I, there's, a, there's a bunch of different things that God may show you. Hey, now that you know the source of the fire, this will help put it out. Maybe you need to ask somebody else for help. Man, I've got an anger issue in this area. Can you pray with me and help hold me accountable for this? Maybe you need to go see a counselor. It doesn't undo your salvation if you need to go see a counselor for something. If we, if we know it's an area in our life that keeps tripping us up and it messes up our relationship with God and people, I think we ought to take whatever steps are available to root it out of our lives. And it, it may include, I've got to go talk to somebody about this because this is more than I can deal with on my own. So here is our action item this week. I know you're all excited for this. It's, I'm not asking deal with the whole list. Just find one thing in your life that's made you angry and that continues to make you angry and ask God to help you deal with that. Come on, because I know, I know it's an issue for a lot of people in the room that we get upset about things. And I'm just saying, find one. Hey, this always trips me up. This makes me angry every time. We're going to deal with it this week. And I'm going to ask God to help me. I may have to ask somebody else to help me, but just find one thing and deal with it. Can we do that this week? At least three people said yes with me. Okay, everybody else, they're just going to continue to stew in their anger. Uh, come on, can we do that this week? Yes. All right, that's, that's much better. Uh, let's go ahead and stand, and, and I want to pray for us. I know that God wants to help us in this area. Mm. That is really good. Pam's just reminded me, you know, there's, there's stuff that we can't get out of our lives on our own. We need God to help us. In fact, one of the things that we need to continually do is, as Paul reminded us, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. When we, when we get filled with the Spirit, when we continually stay in that place of letting Him fill us, that helps us with those anger issues. That helps us with how we treat people. It helps us see that fruit grow in our lives. So I want to encourage you this morning, 
uh, we're going to have some people from the ministry team up front. If you just want prayer, Lord, I need a fresh filling this morning of your Holy Spirit just to help me get that stuff out of my life. Uh, Come up and ask for that. If you've got pain in your body and you need a healing this morning, come up and get prayer for that. And if you're in this room and, and you've never started a relationship with Jesus, you don't even know what it means to be maybe a person of faith. or to, What's it mean that you say God speaks to you and loves you and has a relationship with you? Come up this morning. We'd love to help you start a relationship with Jesus. It's as simple as believing that he is the son of God and that he went to the cross for us. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. <laughs> Lord, even when we do things, that damage that relationship, when we get angry, when we lash out, when we try to run away and hide, you pursue us with your love. And God, I thank you that your desire for us is to be whole. Lord, all those things on that list, even something as simple as outbursts of anger, not handling the emotions that you've given us well, you want us to be whole and free and healed in those areas. And so God is... As we commit to say that this week, as, as we're all in this room saying, yes, we'll, we'll work on something this week, God, I ask for your help. Lord, where there's areas in our life that we continue to struggle with, that it makes us angry, that it gets us upset, I thank you that you are more than enough to help us grow out of those areas. And as, as we turn our face towards you and pursue doing this this week, I thank you that you are right there with us that we don't have to struggle to do it on our own. We don't have to try to work up the willpower not to be angry this time, but we can do it with your help and in your strength. God, I ask that you would walk with us as we leave this place. Let our lives be testimonies, Lord God, that instead of being people that have a reputation for being angry, let our lives be ones that people around us say, man, they sure love people. They're sure happy all the time. They're filled with joy. Lord, we want to be that example for you. We want to be salt and light in this world. God, bless us indeed as we go from this place. Thank you, Lord, that you live in and through our lives. God, we say that we are a blessed people because we know you. And we ask that your goodness and your mercy would just overflow out of us everywhere that we go. God, we love you, we honor you, and we give you glory now. In Jesus' name, amen.